That was the one thing about the rain that likened it to sorrow. You did your best to remain untouched, safe and dry. But if and when you failed, there came a point in which you started seeing the problem less in terms of drops than as an incessant gush, and thereby you decide you might as well get drenched. Rain dripped from her dark curls onto her broad shoulders. Like all the women in the Kazanja family, Zeleha had been born with frizzy raven-black hair, but unlike the others, she liked to keep it that way. From time to time her eyes of jade green, normally wide open and filled with fiery intelligence, squinted into two lines of untainted indifference inherent only to three groups of people, the hopelessly naive, the hopelessly withdrawn, and the hopelessly full of hope. She being none of these, it was hard to make sense of this indifference, even if it was such a flickering one. One minute it was here, canopying her soul to drugged insensibility, the next minute it was gone, leaving her alone in her body. Thus she felt on that first Friday of July desensitized, as if anesthetized, a powerfully corrosive mood for someone so zestful as she— could this be why she had had absolutely no interest in fighting the city today, or the rain for that matter? While the yo-yo indifference went up and down with a rhythm all its own, the pendulum of her mood swayed between two opposite poles, from frozen to fuming. As Zeleha rushed by, the street vendors selling umbrellas and raincoats and plastic scarves in glowing colors eyed her in amusement. She managed to ignore their gaze, just as she managed to ignore the gaze of all the men who stared at her body with hunger. The vendors looked disapprovingly at her shiny nose-ring, too, as if therein lay a clue as to her deviance from modesty, and thereby the sign of her lustfulness. She was especially proud of her piercing because she had done it herself. It had hurt, but the piercing was here to stay, and so was her style. Be it the harassment of men or the reproach of other women, the impossibility of walking on broken cobblestones or hopping into the ferryboats, or even her mother's constant nagging. There was no power on earth that could prevent Zileha, who was taller than most women in this city, from donning miniskirts of glaring colors, tight-fitting blouses that displayed her ample breasts, satiny nylon stockings, and, yes, those towering high heels. Now, as she stepped on another loose cobblestone and watched the puddle of sludge underneath splash dark stains on her lavender skirt, Zeleha unleashed another long chain of curses. She was the only woman in the whole family, and one of the few among all Turkish women who used such foul language so unreservedly, vociferously, and knowledgeably. Thus, whenever she started swearing, she kept going as if to compensate for all the rest— this time was no different. As she ran, Zeleha swore at the municipal administration, past and present, because ever since she was a little girl, never a rainy day had passed with these cobblestones primed and fixed. Before she was done swearing, however, she abruptly paused, lifted her chin as if suspecting someone had called her name, but rather than looking around for an acquaintance, she instead pouted at the smoky sky. She squinted, sighed a conflicted sigh, and then unleashed another profanity, only this time against the rain. Now, according to the unwritten and unbreakable rules of Petite Ma, her grandmother, that was sheer blasphemy.
You might not be fond of the rain. You certainly did not have to be. But under no circumstances should you cuss at anything that came from the skies, because nothing poured from above on its own, and behind it all there was Allah the Almighty. Surely Zeleha knew the unwritten and unbreakable rules of Petit Ma, but on this first Friday of July she felt spoiled enough not to care. Besides, whatever had been uttered had been uttered, just like whatever had been done in life had been done and was now gone. Zeleha had no time for regrets. She was late for her appointment with the gynecologist, not a negligible risk, indeed, given that the moment you notice being late for an appointment with the gynecologist, you might decide not to go there at all. A yellow cab with bumper stickers all over its back fender pulled up short. The driver, a rough-looking swarthy man who had a Zapata mustache and a gold front tooth,